0: Blogging for me is is motivation in that way where I start to have to look at the world as a creative person. I have to think about the moment I'm in. Is this the story I'm gonna wanna tell? Is this the story I wanna tell today?
1: How do you make a living on YouTube videos and getting a documentary on Amazon? What is permaculture? Well, today's guest is going to answer these questions and more as he shares his journey with us. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do 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 with your your life? understandably a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year Podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Today's guest is Forrest Stevens, filmmaker, van lifer, and permaculture advocate.
0: My name is Forrest Stevens. I'm a creative. So right now what I create is predominantly youtube videos and and films that have been released on prime video and a few other streaming platforms so i do a little bit of filmmaking a little bit of youtube
1: what led you to where you are now like how did you get into filmmaking and youtube and and all that jazz
0: i mentioned i'm a creative because it's not Really, like, filmmaking has always been what I've wanted to do. As a teenager, I wanted to make music, I made a bunch of hip-hop music, and then I realized I sort of had to make videos to accompany that music. Then I got back into making videos, but prior to that even, I mean, I started making videos when I was probably about 10 or 11. Like, YouTube would just started to become a thing, and I borrowed my mom's point-and-shoot and went outside and filmed what I like to watch, which was CKY, Jackass. So idiots doing stupid things, which was what me and my friends love to do. So we like fooled around, pranked each other, kind of did the classic, you know, jumping off of roofs and things like that and just filming it and then stitching that together. So that's, you know, from a really young age, just stupid videos with friends. But I, from a young age, I started like stitching those together and making videos, putting them on YouTube. And I got my first paycheck on YouTube when I was 13, $136. And then I stopped kind of doing it because I became, you know, that, you know, those are teenage years. So I started like socializing more and, and getting away from like the creative aspect that I had as a child and sort of just trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. And that meant giving up things that I had previously done. And so I, I, took up music and and then from you know making music i got back into video and realized that there was a lot of money in that and and a lot of creativity in that it was sort of the accompaniment of a lot of things that i visually liked and you know it brings music back into the into the video you know you can edit with music and that kind of brought back that passion that i have for music as well when i was like 19 i started making youtube videos again and I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I uploaded a few music videos. I did a couple travel videos. And at the time my girlfriend and I had just decided to start kind of traveling and, and we stopped renting our little place we had and we bought a minivan and we decided to drive it across the country to visit her parents and kind of, you know, live out there for a summer. We went from British Columbia to Ontario and I filmed a tour of the van that I had and i posted that to youtube thinking oh this maybe somebody will find this interesting and then that video got like forty thousand views in a couple of days and usually my videos get like 50 to 100 back then and so i was like whoa there's something going on here like there's an audience for people that live in vans i guess or maybe there's other campers and then i look more into it and i think oh okay there's this thing called van life and it was really new back then this was you know, like I said, 19, that was probably seven years ago. It was sort of the, the start of this trend, which is like van life. And it's, it's kind of the social media trend with hashtag van life. And there's a lot of sort of wanderlust that goes into that. And that sort of was the start of my journey of looking into that community and then starting to actually tailor the creation uh, of my like hobby of filmmaking and making YouTube videos into uh, a niche you know, I continued to do tour videos. I started reaching out to other people and then I started doing it consistently and, and I learned how YouTube's algorithm worked. And I, I started to figure out the business side of this one creative path that I decided to start pursuing more than the other creative paths that I had available to me. And so I started making content specifically for the van life niche on YouTube with weekly uploads of alternative dwellings now, i sprinkled some tiny house tours and some sailboat tours and off grid cabin tours and things like that but the van life sort of trend started to peak when i started to do this so that made my channel kind of gain a lot of traction a short a period of time and within a year of, of uploading weekly videos on youtube i was able to quit my job because my youtube money was the same amount from working full time at a restaurant and I said okay I'm putting in my two weeks notice I'm getting out of here I'm going full time and so you know and, and YouTube fluctuates like crazy so it wasn't like constantly replacing my income and I had a little savings and I thought okay I can do this and so I took a risk and I, I said you know I'm, I'm now working at home I am now have to become this different type of person you know this be- this used to be on weekends and after work now it's how do i wake up and how do i make this home this part of my house an office you know do i go to a cafe you know what what is the way to keep myself motivated and so that became a challenge that a lot of people face i think when they start working from home but you know it led me to be able to have so much extra time to kind of work on this and i decided to make sort of a bigger production out of a lot of what I always do is I sort of double up on footage. So I'd film a tour of a van and then I'd ask them a couple additional questions that I wouldn't include. And those additional questions started making up a documentary. So a bigger project. And I filmed some extra specific bits for that movie and it became a 45 minute long documentary called the reality of hashtag van life, which is about van life, but it's also about how it becomes so over glamorized on social media. And then it sort of talks about how everything becomes over glamorized on social media and sort of what that means and and different people's opinions on it. That was, you know, a step up maybe from a YouTube video. My my aim for that movie was actually at Netflix. I tried to petition to to kind of get it on Netflix to get enough attention so somebody might see it and kind of push it there. And so I eventually said, okay, this isn't working. Let's just put it on YouTube. That's where I started. It'll do good there. And it did really well there. And it did so well there that a few months later it got on to Reddit. Somebody posted it on documentaries and it was on the front page of Reddit for a day. And then from that, I got a huge amount of inquiry from people from newspapers like San Francisco Chronicle, like a whole bunch of newspapers. And, and one guy who works in a company that, distributes films. So that contact led me to work with them and now it's actually on Prime Video and it's on Tubi and they're working on getting it on Roku and sort of just exploring what other aspects this this movie actually has. So so every sort of bigger challenge I face, every bigger risk I I take and you know there's you know I've made a couple travel films as well that were very ambitious and they've gotten 2000 views. On YouTube and no traction and no interest and it's like you kind of you do what you're passionate about but for me it's always having that sort of base to go back on because my goal in life as, as I have a lot of goals but one of my goals in life is to not work for somebody else so I always think okay I have that stable income as long as I keep posting a video every week or even if I miss a couple. Stay consistent with those van tours, and that is been my income for three years. I've been only living off that income for three years, and so on top of that, I take risks. And I, I always kind of—that's the thing about a lot of entrepreneurs. They talk about sort of risk, and they think, you know, how risk averse are you? Are you willing to kind of bet the farm? I am not somebody who's willing to really bet the farm. I'm somebody who takes what I earn and uses that money and, and makes sure it's the money that would go to extra things. And, and I use that, I use the extra time I have. I don't use, I don't take, I don't try not to take away from my life. I try to just kind of compound my money and time on, on things like that.
1: What is it about videos and filmmaking that particularly piques your interest and makes you want to make videos and produce this content?
0: So there's a couple things. A lot of the, what has influenced me is TV and movies and documentaries and I think that there's a lot to show in this world. I think that there's a lot of stories that haven't been told and a lot of stories that are very important to tell and to document to sort of preserve for future generations. And I think I think movies and TV are are a way to sort of project information into a future that looks back at it and, and thinks about its importance. Because if something is just archived and, you know, only certain select people are going to dig deep enough to find it, but if something is in pop culture 50 years down the road, people will still look back at it and investigate it easily. I also make vlogs, so uh, while I'm traveling, I sort of document my, my day-to-day life and and I don't really expect too much from putting that online. I don't expect a bunch of income or a bunch of audience or anything like that. I use that as a bit of a time capsule. So I actually will go back to watch that. Like, Think about how cool it would be if your great-great-grandparents had a daily vlog and you were able to see like what their life was like. And so I, I think of that idea and I think about, okay, my children will get to see what I was like when I was... 26. You know, I just lived in a motor home for a year and my girlfriend and I just bought this old farmhouse that we're renovating. And and then we're going to be building a homestead on this property. So every day is, is extremely different. I'm learning about permaculture. I'm adding it into my life and people will be able to sort of use these videos as a blueprint if they wanted to replicate it, because this is such a thing. Like every van dweller I've ever met says, Oh, all I want to do is buy a property so I can go and park my van on it. Maybe grow some veggies.
1: What inspired you initially to hop in the van? Like, yeah, you were going to travel cross country, but that's just like one trip. So when you were on the trip, you're like, oh my gosh, van life is the best thing ever. And then you're like, let's do it long term.
0: Yeah. Doing the small trip from British Columbia to Ontario we realized how doable it was for two people and a cat to live in even a minivan. And we did a lot of camping and living out of the van, but it was still super, super doable and actually really enjoyable. Like it was the best way that we found to be able to travel and really, you know, we have everything with us and we feel comfortable at night and, you know, we can go, we sort of have our own power to go anywhere. Like I did a lot of hitchhiking before that. And it was like, oh, there's a site I want to see, but I also don't want to be stuck in the middle of nowhere. And this guy's giving me a ride really far. So I'll just keep going. So with your own car, you're able to really just explore, you know, and you have your house on on wheels. So it just became a no brainer that after, you know, we lived in Ontario for the summer, we came back and we started planning our van life. And so, you know, we, we spent the extra money, we got into van life. And we, you know, saved a huge amount of rent for a year, not not having to pay rent paid for our entire van right for one year and Mm -hmm. also we were able to travel all over the place
1: what's the biggest pro for van life and then the biggest con for van life
0: i think the biggest pro of van life is traveling being able to actually travel because being able to legitimately travel and really let go and be in the moment of experiencing someplace new is is like a high like people do it and get addicted to traveling because it's an unbelievable experience i think the biggest con about van life is i think it'll ruin you from having a normal life i think it'll make you realize what is possible if you try it and you'll think even if you go back to a normal house you'll think a little bit differently about the space you have like we have a normal house and I'm thinking, oh, these ceilings are too high. You know, who, who, thinks, who thinks houses have too high of ceilings? That's what you want, you want these huge ceilings. And I'm thinking, there's too much space. I don't wanna to have to find stuff to fill this space. Whereas with a motorhome and a van, you have your space for everything and it, and it just feels right.
1: What's one thing when you initially started van life, that you missed about, if there was, maybe there wasn't, that you missed about like living in an apartment or a house or whatever you were living at beforehand?
0: So yeah, when I started living in the van, even the most recent one, what I missed was being able to shower and listen to music at the same time because we didn't shower in our motorhome, we just went to gyms, 24-hour gyms, which was fine. but. Yeah, not being able to put my music on full blast while I'm showering was something that I missed.
1: Are you still producing films or what are you doing right now since you weren't able to go to the States and stuff?
0: Yeah, so right now, I mean, our plans changed because of the van like my side hustle is the vlog channel. So that's what I've always kind of wanted to get going. And now there's an opportunity because every single day this place is changing, it's evolving.
1: Who do you base, if anyone, do you base your vlog style off of?
0: I did this thing when we first, or the... First time we really got into van life, we, we decided to go in our, in our Chevy 20 that we sort of built out ourselves. And we decided to drive from BC to California and back. And we lived in the van only for, for four months, but part of that was in the Canadian winter. And we sort of, we, I started shooting vlogs back then thinking, okay, I'll do some travel videos and see how that does. And Casey Neistat was like a big deal back then and sort of, I was like, okay, I'll just pretty much copy this guy. And so I did that, and I think the market was so incredibly oversaturated. And for whatever reason, those vlogs weren't hitting, so I kind of stopped doing those. But I did do them for about 130 days straight. And that's pretty much what I'm basing my vlog style off of. Because since then, I have not watched a single vlog. I haven't watched a Casey Neistat video. I I watched one vlog, but that's only because I was in it, and it was from my friend Chrome. And I find... If I do watch a vlog, I'm like, oh, that's a cool shot. I gotta go do that. Or like, or like, oh, I don't wanna be like this. I, the trendy transitions, it's like so whack. But you know, like I start thinking and then I start critiquing myself and what I'm doing. And instead, I I just decide to do some fun stuff, you know. Like I yesterday I was raking leaves and, and getting them as a mulch over the garlic that I just planted. And I decided to do a POV, but with like my super nice camera. So I strapped it with a gorilla pod to myself and you know, did the wheelbarrow and then I shot from the wheelbarrow as the leaves were getting like raked in there and, you know, the rake and like just decided to do this little bit that was just sort of, you know, a POV of what it was like to garden that day. And so I just kind of let myself be creative and sometimes it, the vlogs really work and sometimes they don't and and I'm so far behind on editing them anyway that I look back and think, hey, he was actually doing something back then. Like, he, like this actually works. Or, wow, this blog is the worst thing I've ever watched. And, you know, it's a reflection of how maybe how I was doing that day, which is an interesting thing, too.
1: I have two notes on that. First is, I love Casey Neistat. He is my favorite blogger. I just, the way he tells stories with his blogs is, because they're not, like, overly edited. And he's honestly just, like, a very down-to-earth, dude who Mm -hmm. plays around like he's literally like a teenager half the time just doing whatever he wants then the second part was you were talking about how like you would try and shoot different shots like when you're doing the wheelbarrow and stuff so it's almost like you're trying to tell a story and like make your day just more interesting for yourself and figuring out okay so i'm doing this like this could be the most monotonous thing in the world And I might typically find it boring, but since I'm trying to piece together a story like every day is literally a different story or chapter, I guess, you know, in the story of your life. And you're trying to make it as interesting or as unique and different as possible, which is pretty interesting actually in itself to kind of think about it in that way rather than uh, it's another day like I got to rake or I got to do this.
0: That's exactly it. Blogging for me is is motivation in that way where I start to have to look at the world as a creative person. I have to think about the moment I'm in. Is this the story I'm going to want to tell? Is this the story
1: I want to tell today? So what's like future? What do you want to be filming, building? What stories do you want in particular to be telling?
0: so the story that i want to be telling is this overarching story of of taking lawn and turning it into sustainable permaculture food forest that feeds me and my family and the community around us and potentially the community online and and showing what is possible for anybody through natural means on land around them because there's all this ample land and it's being sort of used wastefully
1: so how'd you get into permaculture
0: permaculture is something that i've been into for quite a few years just sort of self-teaching through books and online growing is just something that's always interested me like becoming self-sustainable is as my like is one of my goals is to be able to produce everything that I consume all my energy needs all my food needs all you know and then be able to expand that to other people it's sort of my idea is to sort of treat it like the airplane going down the earth is the airplane but you know you put the oxygen mask on yourself and then you put it on the person next to you if they need help and sort of everybody needs help with with nutrition and with finances like growing your own food and And becoming self-sustainable all of that helps people you know like the more self-sustainable we can be as individuals the more we can actually help other people it's kind of weird to think that way because it sounds selfish to help yourself first but helping yourself first allows you to be able to be to feel like you can help other people oftentimes it's talked about in gardening but it can be used to like kind of look at society and at other things as well but it's essentially using science to you know what is what is you know right now with with agriculture there's okay there's a bug we need to that's eating our food we need to kill it and then there's going to be all these side effects from killing it like putting pesticides in the food and then, then the food gets eaten or the water runs off and it kills the fish and it drains out to an ocean and there's dead spots in the ocean it's not about worrying about any of those side effects it's saying we have a bug that is eating this crop let's kill it let's not think about why is it eating that crop well you have miles and miles of the same exact genetic crop and that bug says i like this and it doesn't say oh there's you know 10 different varieties of corn and i'll just eat one variety of the corn and then we can harvest 11 varieties of it. It's just saying, I like this corn. So it's eating a ton of it and it's multiplying and it's spreading. And then there's a bug infestation and we can't have that because our whole food system relies on getting that staple crop. And that staple crop is extremely vulnerable. So they use tons of pesticides, which ends up in the food, ends up in the water, and it's a nightmare. So permaculture is a technique in a really serious way to look at that serious problem and really do something about it. I legitimately think as an individual, because of my passion with growing and being self-sustainable, I can legitimately have some sort of influence and effect on other people by just acting and just being myself. Because all I want to do is get crazy outside and dig holes and plant things and and just go wild.
1: What would you recommend if you live in an apartment?
0: I've lived in apartments and I felt sort of like, incapable of dealing with my problems i tried to go zero waste i was able to recycle a lot but you know it's sort of like the whole society sort of like kind of wants you to just live normally like it's sort of it benefits you because it's easier and so you so to do anything sort of different from being normal is more difficult i think for somebody who's you know Loves living in the city and wants to be an apartment, but wants to work towards a little bit more s- sustainability or to think about growing something themselves and seeing what that experience is like, getting your hands still in the soil. You're growing something, then you're using it. You're reaping the benefits of it. I think herbs are a really great way to start. I think just a simple tray, something that maybe looks nice because you're having it inside. If you just put it by your kitchen window, you can you can grow rosemary. It's You can grow You know, you can grow thyme, you can grow all sorts of things just by your windowsill. And if you had a balcony, you know, maybe some tomatoes in the summer. And these are are things that are kind of gonna, you just plant the seed, you have some
1: soil and you water it every once in a while. If you had 30 to 60 seconds to describe to a complete stranger who came up to you on the side of the street on like an average day, who asked what you did, what would you say?
0: Uh, I would probably say that I'm a filmmaker and they would say, oh yeah, what kind? And I would say documentaries mostly. And they'd say, okay. And because no, not many people really know much about the life or, you know, it's an interesting thing, but like, if they're really interested, you, you I can sort of kind of go and, and have a, you know, a 30 second, 60 second conversation that leads into sort of more about my goals. I find that's the thing with me is like, when I look at you know, if I have to sum up who I am, I look back at what I've done and I'm not that person anymore. I'm not the same person that made the Van Life movie two years ago. So saying I'm a filmmaker is kind of weird when right now I'm, I'm sort of a vlogger. And do, so do I want to say that I'm a vlogger? Do I want to say I'm a YouTuber? Like, is it about how much money I make from doing these? That's why I started this whole thing by saying I'm a creative because it changes you know, today I created a, a table for my water system to sit on. You know, the day before that I created a desk that this computer's on and I thought about the design process.
1: What does an average day look like for you?
0: Uh I haven't had an average day in a long time, probably a couple of years. Typical. To, day. A typical like okay. I wake up usually later than I should. I'm not a morning person. It takes me until about 4 p.m. to feel like I'm actually awake like I'll do stuff but until 4 p.m. I can't relax and be myself so all day I'm sort of just working on these projects because we have an overwhelming amount of physical needs in this house that need to be met before we can feel comfortable here so that's taking trim off sanding it varnishing it you know, it's, it's painting the house. Yeah, we started setting up the shelter so we could store our motorhome in it because we're gonna get lots of snow this year. It's sort of dealing with the immediate necessities, like the things that is sort of like, what do we have to do today? And what can be put off for one more day until it has to be done? Another typical day for me would be editing and working a lot on the computer, but that's typically just an hour in the evening at this point.
1: If you had a book written about you, what would the title of the book be?
0: Forrest Stevens. He was a guy who didn't know how to title what he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how to change the world by changing yourself.
1: What are two pros and two cons to what you do, and that can encompass, you know, everything.
0: A con to rely to being a A con to being a YouTuber is really that you're just so kind of tied to what YouTube is like. And YouTube is sort of dictated by this algorithm that even YouTube doesn't understand. And it's just sort of just pushing this and pushing that and not pushing this and not pushing that. A pro is that you can work remotely. I think the biggest is that you can take your passion, which might be an interest. You know, like for me, it's permaculture and you can film it and you can put your passion and your filmmaking together and there's your YouTube video. So you get to actually do, even if you, even if filming isn't what you want to do all the time, you get to at least do what you want part of the time, which a lot of, which, you know, a lot of people don't get that freedom in their, in their day-to-day job. Con of what I, I, I do is that I niche down so much, which was sort of advice that was given to me by people like, you know, Gary V and it's sort of like, you know, find a niche and just become that sort of, the expert on that niche and my sort of interest in band life is definitely waning i think niching down has actually limited my ability because now i have to conform to or i and and it actually is true like i do have to conform to the styling of video that i release on my main channel because anytime i veer from that the consequences are those videos don't get any views
1: you had 24 hours to live Unlimited money and could travel anywhere at the snap of your fingers and bring whoever you wanted. What would you do?
0: I would bring my girlfriend Emily And our cat maybe for part of it, but maybe snap and bring him back somewhere safe because he would get a little crazy Maybe by being in such crazy places, but I I would want to go to like every place on each other's bucket lists Because we have different places like she really wants to go to russia I and we both really want to go to Australia and you know, we both really want to go to Egypt and You know, I want to go to Peru and you know, so it's it would have to be quick. I document the whole trip That's what I would do. I'd vlog the whole thing and spend the last hour editing (laughs) To release it.
1: That'd be an epic vlog. You could just do a live stream of it. That's true What childhood you so forced at 8, 10, 12, whatever age Would he be happy with where you are now and what you're doing?
0: I think my child self would be really happy because I grew up on, you know, just a small house with a really, really tiny backyard. But my dad grew a garden in there. And, you know, as a kid, I remember eating carrots with like still a little bit of dirt, you know, a little crunch to them still. But they they were so good fresh out of the garden and just hanging out with my dog and, you know, that that was like what i loved doing so much as a kid being out on the trampoline with friends so i mean my goal still is to be out on the trampoline with friends and that's you know what i'm going to be doing
1: basically just living as an adult as you did as a child and tweaking it to what you actually want exactly what's next personally professionally either or both in the next 6 to 12 months
0: i would like to be able to relax in the house that we're renovating because right now I walk into a room and I see, Oh, the paint needs to redone there or oh, the trim needs to be put back. I'd like to be harvesting my garlic that I planted. I'd like to be, you know, harvesting a lot of fruits and veggies and preserving a lot of things and sort of just get into the first real year of homesteading and going back to the land and professionally, I would like to be making a lot more money than I am (laughs) and I think that's easy for anyone to say
1: my two takeaways from my conversation with Forrest are first there's a way to find beauty in everyday living and tasks that may seem mundane he does this through vlogs but you can pick your own modality to explore what it means to live your average day and if you're not enjoying what you're doing how can you spice it up or make it more interesting that you will be intrigued by your own life and you'll want to try new things and see what happens when you wake up earlier or you stay up a little bit later or you make time for this and you know exploring how you want to live and being able to live in a way that you're happy with and that excites you. My second takeaway is that you need way less than you think. He just moved into a house and was living in a van for a while and he was talking about you know he has really high ceilings and he has all of this space that he feels like he needs to fill. But once you're in a situation where you don't need all of this stuff, you can make do. And that's not just talking about your house and your living situation. That's in any aspect of life. You can get started with the bare minimum and figure out which tools, like what is going to be the most useful.